Something to note, the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any one story about the Flathead Lake Monster. Today's episode combines a number of legends and documents for dramatic effect. Welcome to Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and this is another edition of our Murrican Monster series. Join us as we explore the darkest corners of the USA and hunt down the nightmares that haunt our nation. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we meet the Flathead Lake Monster from northwestern Montana, stalking the crystal-clear glacial waters. The creature has lurked in the depths of Flathead Lake for over a century. Is it a fish, a snake, or something more sinister? Coming up, two fishermen get sidetracked by a mythical serpent. Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by the Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch-off, the $500,000 Platinum Jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to 500 grand is if I do scratch it? Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 Platinum Jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the journal, Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. Flathead Lake is the largest freshwater lake west of the Mississippi, located in the northwest corner of Montana and covering nearly 200 square miles. The lake formed from a receding glacier. As a result, the water is crystal clear for most of the year. The clarity has caused all kinds of optical illusions for visitors, but that doesn't explain over a century of eyewitnesses who claim to have seen the Flathead Lake Monster. Water monsters aren't an exclusively American concept. Sea serpent sightings go back to the beginning of recorded history, and they show up in Greek, Egyptian, and indigenous mythologies. Oddly enough, these creatures all tend to be described in the same way. Long, serpent-like bodies with humps that protrude from the water and a horse-like or snake-like head. The same description is often attributed to the Flathead Lake Monster, whose first documented sighting was in 1889 by Captain James C. Kerr. He was crossing the lake by steamboat. At first, he thought he saw a log, but then it began to move. As he got closer, the seasoned captain estimated the snake to be the size of a whale. Over 100 passengers all saw it too, and one of Kerr's crew even attempted to shoot it. Many witnesses have seen the monster since then. In the last 30 years alone, there have been over 100 recorded sightings. 
estimated to be between 20 and 40 feet long, the monster has steely black eyes and a snake-like head. Exactly what you don't want to encounter on a pleasant, lazy fishing trip. Oscar sat on the dock, sipping coffee from a chipped mug while he stared across the peaceful blue water. The sun had yet to make its way over the Mission Mountains. It was picturesque, almost worth getting up at this hour. Almost. Oscar was no early bird. After the army, he vowed to never again get up before sunrise. It was the main appeal of his job at the bank, but he wasn't going fishing for himself. He was doing this for his best friend. The roar of a Model A rumbled behind him. Oscar smiled. He knew that sound. Matt bought that car from his dad when Oscar and Matt got back from the war. It was ancient then, and that was nearly a decade ago. Oscar chugged his coffee and gave himself a pep talk. Matt needs this, so don't complain. He smiled and waved as Matt backed up the car and the 12-foot John boat he towed behind it down the ramp and into the water. Matt called out to Oscar, figured you'd be wearing your bank clothes today. Matt's blue eyes looked sharp and clear, and he was already busting Oscar's chops like he used to. Those were good signs. Oscar worried about Matt, who was a little unstable these days. Not that Oscar blamed him. Matt had been laid off and his wife had left him, but they weren't going to talk about the sad stuff today. Today was about fishing. One thing the two friends could still agree on after all these years. Or at least it was one thing Matt loved that Oscar could tolerate. Oscar hated hiking and hunting. To him, it wasn't too different than being in the army. So fishing, it was. He hadn't been on the lake in years, and he prayed for still waters. Matt hopped out of the truck and wrapped Oscar in a bear hug. You ready to catch the flathead lake monster? I saw it last week, Oscar, I swear. Oscar chuckled. Matt had to make everything an adventure. The sun crested over the Mission Mountains as the boat skipped across the lake. The two war buddies were on their way to Wild Horse Island to fish for the day, and Oscar couldn't believe how calm and clear the water was. The unmistakable sound of a beer bottle popping open hissed from the back of the boat. Oscar shot Matt a surprised look, but Matt just shouted over the roar of the motor, We're on lake time, buddy. He used his foot to push the case toward Oscar. Oscar considered it, then smiled. It was his day off, why not? But as Oscar reached down for a frosty beer, something on the water caught his eye. A hundred feet to his left, a long black line bobbed up and down. It was too far to be the wake from their tiny boat, and it was running parallel to them. Oscar scooted closer to the edge. Surely it was a piece of driftwood and his eyes were playing tricks on him. Or maybe an awning from the bait shop had come undone and got tangled on the bottom. He gawked at the black mass undulating in the water. It had to be twice as long as their boat, at least. Then the sun's reflection gleamed off a steely black eye. Oscar gasped and realized the thing in the water looked like it had the head of a snake. The beast opened its mouth 
and a row of jagged teeth skimmed the top of the water. Oscar's jaw dropped. He shouted back to Matt, cut the motor. Matt shut off the tiny outboard motor and stepped to the middle of the boat. Oscar pointed out into the water and whispered, what does that look like to you? Matt scanned the icy blue water and his eyes went wide. Matt beamed, his voice shaking. The monster, I knew we'd see it today. The snake-like beast spun around in the water, leaving a trail of waves around it. Matt fumbled in his bag, then pulled out a shiny new Roliflex camera. Oscar knew how expensive those things were, just like he knew how broke Matt was. He asked Matt if he'd bought it with the loan Oscar had given him a while back, but Matt just started snapping photos. Matt marveled. Unbelievable. I didn't believe Ernie when he said this was the best time of day to catch a sighting, but there it is. Oscar raised a brow. Ernie McMillan, the hermit who lives out toward the reservation? Matt spoke without taking his eyes off the water. Ernie's not so bad. I've been spending a lot of time with him and his buddies since I have all this free time. They're smart folks with interesting ideas. Oscar knew about Ernie and his crew. They were a bunch of World War I vets who everyone said had lost their minds. They lived on the outskirts of town and were obsessed with nonsense, little green men, government conspiracies, and apparently the flathead lake monster. Everyone thought they were delusional. But then again, Oscar couldn't make sense of what he was seeing on the lake today. Maybe he was delusional too. The creature shot off like a bolt of lightning, darting away from the boat. In a flash, it was underwater and out of sight. Oscar was relieved. This wasn't the day trip he'd pictured, and he didn't want to probe any further. So he patted Matt on the shoulder. Those have got to be some good pictures, pal. I just know it. Now, let's get to Wild Horse Island. Matt cracked another breakfast beer. His expression was unreadable, but Oscar was relieved when he walked back toward the motor and cranked it up. Oscar looked out ahead. Far in the distance, he could see the tip of Wild Horse Island, but it didn't get any bigger. It began to recede. The boat was turning to the left, away from their destination, and back out into the open water. Oscar shot Matt a concerned look as Matt stared at the horizon and proclaimed, I'm not settling for a photo. We're gonna catch the Flathead Lake Monster. Coming up, Oscar gets an up-close look at the Flathead Lake Monster. Hi, it's Vanessa from ParCast, and I'm here to tell you about my new 10-episode limited series, Obituaries. They're some of the most iconic figures of all time, celebrated in death for their individual achievements and impact on society. But in life, the relationships they kept tell a different story, one of unexpected connections that yielded extraordinary change. Every Wednesday on Obituaries, join my co-host Carter and me as we explore the shared legacies of prolific pairs from the past. From the mutual traumas of entertainers Marilyn Monroe and Ella Fitzgerald, to the unlikely admiration between visionaries Mark Twain and Nikola Tesla. 
Each episode of Obituaries digs deep into the lasting impressions made between two legendary figures and how their entanglements changed the course of history. These meaningful duos may have passed on, but the profound effect they had on each other and us will live on forever. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Obituaries. Listen free only on Spotify. Now back to the story. Oscar held on tight to the bench as the tiny fishing boat bounced across Flathead Lake. He gave a worried glance back at his friend Matt, who was determined to catch the Flathead Lake monster. Matt had always been prone to obsessions. It was what made him a great codebreaker in their army days. But Oscar suspected this was a mystery better left unsolved. The boat slapped against the water, nearly knocking Oscar off. Smoke billowed from the engine. There was no way it was going to hold up if Matt kept pushing it. Oscar yelled, ease up, it's going to blow. Matt shook his head. We've got to catch that thing. Oscar peered over the front of the boat. He could still see the streak of black darting away from them. Somehow, the Flathead Lake monster, if it was the monster, was outrunning their boat, which didn't seem possible. Matt stayed as close behind it as he could, weaving between the small islands that dotted the water. Oscar glanced around. He wasn't sure where they were, but they had to be far from Wild Horse Island by now. Clearly, this day was never about fishing for Matt. At least, not regular fishing. It was about tracking down this beast. The Flathead Lake Monster was headed toward a tiny island, surrounded by a cove where algae-covered rocks jutted up. Oscar pleaded, slow down! Suddenly, the serpent shot up from the water like a mortar round. Thankfully, it wasn't pointed at them. It was headed for the cove. Its body arched through the air like a dolphin. It was inky black its skin as smooth as an eel's. It plunged back into the water, black tail whipping up behind it. Soon, the monster was gone. Matt killed the engine, and the boat glided safely to a stop in the middle of the cove. Oscar clutched the side of the boat, thankful that they were in one piece. Matt hopped up and scanned the water. Oscar glanced over the side. The water wasn't nearly as clear as it was around the dock. It was murky, and the gray clouds that rolled in from the northwest sky weren't making it any easier to see. Oscar eased himself onto the bench in the middle of the boat and chugged the rest of his beer. He hadn't needed a drink that bad since Salerno. He looked around, trying to get his bearings. Oscar stood up next to Matt, I think he's gone. How about we just bait the lines and see if we can catch anything here? Matt's eyes brightened. You're a genius, he winked at Oscar. In the 15 years they'd known each other, Oscar had never seen Matt wink before. It was off-putting. Matt lifted the hunk of scrap metal he used as an anchor and dropped it down. It didn't go deep. Matt smiled back at Oscar. Water's shallow enough to stand in. It couldn't have gotten far. Let's chum the waters and see if he takes the bait. Matt tore the lid off the bucket of live minnows they were using for bait and dumped them into the water around the boat. 
Now, Oscar was angry. They were far from civilization. They'd wasted half their gas, and now they were out of bait. Oscar snapped, what are you doing? I took the day off to come out here. I'm a respectable man in this town. What is the bank president going to think when he hears I've been out here hunting monsters? Matt sat down across from Oscar and laughed. You're always so worried about what people think of you, but I'm not. You know what you saw. You know what's out here. I'm not crazy. Oscar certainly would have thought Matt was if he didn't see the monster with his own eyes. Even now, he wasn't sure Matt hadn't dragged him down into some kind of shared delusion. Matt cracked open a third beer and took a sip. After the battles we've been through, you're the only one I trusted to come out here and back me up. I know you've got that fancy bank job and a perfect wife, but all I've got is the monster. Come on, Oscar, help me catch it. Oscar wanted to help, but he wasn't sure this was the kind of help his old friend needed. Before he could try putting the thought into words, though, Matt grabbed his camera and leapt over the side of the boat. Oscar gasped. Matt wasn't wearing waders. The water had to be freezing, and it was up to Matt's chest. But from Matt's gleaming eyes, it was clear his grip on reality was getting looser by the moment. Oscar stammered, trying his best not to rattle Matt. Why are you in the water, buddy? Matt nodded, holding the camera in front of his face. We were too far. We need a real close-up shot. Ernie's gotten some from far away, and nobody believes them because they look doctored. That's not going to be me. The monster's got to be hiding down in these rocks somewhere. Now hand me that oar. Oscar reluctantly handed an oar to Matt. Matt walked through the minnows they'd brought as chum, all swimming wildly in their newfound freedom. He jabbed the oar down into the rock formations below his feet, trying to rouse the beast from its hiding spot. He was halfway between the boat and the island, the water now only up to his waist. Oscar had no clue what to do next. He wanted to support Matt, but he certainly wasn't getting into the freezing water. All he could do was stare and lift his beer to his mouth. Before Oscar could sip, the bolt jolted to the side and he dropped the can. Something had hit the boat. Oscar assumed they'd drifted toward one of the larger, mossy rocks. He inspected the water. Nothing seemed to be around the boat, except for a long, black shape darting along the bottom of the water. The flathead lake monster was back, and it was heading straight for Matt. Oscar screamed, Matt, the monster's headed for you. Get to the shore. Matt turned around, his face pale. He seemed scared and intrigued, like he wasn't sure what he wanted to do. Fear won out, and he turned to run toward the island, but he didn't move. Matt wailed in pain. My foot! It's got my foot! Oscar watched helplessly as the black shape twisted around Matt's leg. Matt jammed the oar down into the murky water, but it didn't help. Oscar had to act fast. He didn't have a weapon, and Matt's oar didn't seem to do much to the monster. But then he remembered. Earlier, it had fled from them when the motor was running. So Oscar thought, maybe I can ram it. Oscar yanked the cord to start the motor back up. It sputtered and kicked, but didn't start. He tried again, 
nothing. Matt had pushed the engine too hard. Matt screamed in agony. Oscar almost screamed too when he saw the black shape circle Matt and blood swirl up in the water around him. Oscar didn't have much time. He had to save his friend from this beast. So he closed his eyes, said a prayer, and yanked the engine one more time. Coming up, Oscar and Matt run and swim for their lives. Now back to the story. Oscar watched Matt struggle in the shallows of the lake, his foot seemingly trapped in the jaws of the flathead lake monster. Oscar squeezed the engine ripcord tight and yanked one more time. The monster had fled the motor's noise before. Hopefully, he could scare it off and free Matt. Finally, the engine rumbled to life, and Oscar didn't waste a moment. The front end of the boat shot upward. Oscar aimed it directly at the monster. The boat flew across the water faster than Oscar expected. In a flash, he was nearly on top of Matt. He reached his hand out, and Matt lunged for Oscar. They interlocked hands. Matt let out a wild yell as the momentum of the boat yanked him free from the monster's grip. Oscar tried to pull Matt aboard, but he was so distracted that he forgot to watch where the boat was going. The boat slammed to a stop, beaching itself on the strange, rocky island. The momentum launched Matt and Oscar forward, their hands separated. Oscar tumbled off the front of the boat and landed on the shore with a thud. The air shot out of Oscar's lungs. He gasped for breath and stared up at the gray sky. His breath slowly steadied. His body was sore, but everything felt intact. He stumbled to his feet. Matt lay 12 feet away, face down, leg bleeding from a gash on his ankle. Oscar rushed to him as Matt groaned to life and sat up. Oscar dropped down next to his friend. The two looked out into the cove. There was no monster to be seen. No humps, steely black eyes, or twisting tails. Just muddy water and mossy rocks. The place felt dangerous. Forbidden, even. Oscar looked at Matt's leg and winced. It was a bad cut. He sighed. I don't think the medic's gonna find us way out here. Oscar knew Matt was hurting, but he still didn't expect his friend to break down into choked sobs. Matt shook his head. Today was a bust, just like everything else I do. Oscar, I'm sorry I dragged you out here. Hunting this thing the last few weeks, it was the first time I'd felt like I had a purpose since the war. I know it's not logical, but nothing else in my life made sense. This did. Matt looked down, ashamed. Oscar put a hand on his shoulder. I didn't know how rough things were going for you. Or, well, I did, but it was easier to ignore it. I should have checked on you more, Matt. And I wish we'd caught your monster. I'm sorry, too. Matt smiled sadly and limped to his feet. He stumbled to the boat and pulled out an old rag. He tore it in half and tied it around his wound. Oscar followed him to the boat. He stood at the bow and gave it a shove. The boat slid into the water. It appeared to still be seaworthy. 
Oscar held out his hand for his friend. Matt took it and gingerly climbed inside. Oscar pulled the ripcord and the engine rumbled to life. He chuckled. Now it starts on the first try? Oscar wasn't sure where they were, and he was never good with directions, but he was pretty confident he could find his way back to the lake's main channel. It would be a short ride home from there. Oscar eased the boat along the water. A light rain began to fall. It almost felt nice. But then Oscar saw water pooling in the bottom of the boat. He glanced up at the sky. It definitely wasn't raining hard enough to have this much water on board. The boat was taking on water. He must have hit a rock when he beached the boat. Oscar turned back to check the engine and saw a long black line dart through the water. The flathead lake monster was heading straight for them. Oscar swallowed hard and tried not to panic. They were in the main channel now. They just had to make it back to the docks, but that was at least 30 minutes away. He wasn't sure the boat would last that long. Meanwhile, the monster was inching closer. Oscar couldn't spare a second, so he pushed the engine and hoped the tiny outboard motor had a little more life in it. The boat sprung to life, the front end lifting off the water and slapping back down as it shot across the lake. Matt gripped his leg and yelped in pain. What are you doing? Oscar shouted over the roar of the engine, look down. Matt glanced to his feet where the water in the boat was getting deeper. Then he leaned over the bow as if willing the boat to go faster. Oscar turned back to check on the monster. It was gone. He breathed a sigh of relief, but his relief was short-lived. The engine sputtered and stalled and smoke billowed out of the motor. Oscar yanked the ripcord again and again to no avail. The engine was dead. The water in the boat was getting deeper. They were stranded in the middle of the channel, and it was a mile to the nearest shore, Wild Horse Island. Oscar handed Matt an oar and a life jacket. It would be a race against the clock. The two stuck the oars in the water and rowed like their life depended on it. They barely made it 20 feet before the skies opened up and a storm poured down. Now the boat was sinking fast. Oscar and Matt buckled their life jackets. They weren't going to make it to shore. Matt's face was ghostly pale, but not from the blood loss. He pointed to their left and Oscar turned. The monster was back and it was right next to the boat. Oscar and Matt jolted with fright as the monster rammed into the side of the boat. Oscar screamed, row faster. The monster rammed the boat again. Oscar felt his oar graze the top of its smooth, inky black skin. A chill went down his spine. The water was almost to their knees now and it wouldn't be long before they had to abandon ship. Oscar rowed as hard as he could, but Matt had stopped. Instead, he clutched his camera, protecting it like it was all he had left. Perhaps it was. Still, rowing didn't matter now. Only the life jackets kept the men afloat as the boat began to sink beneath them. 
Oscar looked back at the monster, but all he saw was a flick of its tail. He could barely muster the words, it's underneath us. The boat rocked as the monster banged against the bottom. Matt screamed as his camera flew out of his hands and into the lake, all of his proof gone. Oscar raised the oar above his head, ready to swing it down at the beast. But before he could, Oscar tumbled back because the boat was rising. Oscar grabbed Matt's arm as the edges of the boat rose out of the water. They were picking up speed. Wild Horse Island's shore was in sight. And the Flathead Lake monster was underneath them, rushing them to safety. Matt stared back at Oscar, incredulous. Oscar couldn't believe it. He cackled with delight. He couldn't take his eyes off the long, black tail that snaked from the back of the boat. It was a strange thought, but he almost wanted to hug it. The boat scraped against the sandy shore of Wild Horse Island. They'd finally made it to safety, and the water slowly receded from the hull. Oscar turned and suppressed a scream when he saw the Flathead Lake Monster's eyes peering out of the water at him curiously. Oscar stared back. Until the monster dove deep at the sound of a distant boat headed for the shore, Oscar shook his head in wonder until he heard Matt's quiet, ashamed voice behind him. Oscar, this doesn't really look like a bite, does it? Oscar turned. Matt was staring at the gash above his ankle. He was right. It didn't look like a bite. From the specks of green around the cut, it looked more like he'd scraped his foot against one of the cove's sharp, moss-covered rocks. Matt looked like he was going to cry, but he laughed instead. Well, guess I gotta move out to the outskirts with Ernie and the kooks. Without my photos, a story like this will get me laughed out of town. Unless... You back me up? Oscar shook his head slowly. Matt, I'll help you out. I'll give you another loan, no sweat, and I'll try my darndest to get you a job. But that monster wasn't a monster at all. Do you really want to send a mob of hunters after it? Matt sighed. I guess that would make me the monster. Oscar nodded and sat beside Matt. The two best friends waited on the shore until eventually another fishing boat appeared on the horizon. Help was on the way. The Flathead Lake Monster is one of many water beasts spotted throughout North America. But while others terrorize fishermen and torment wildlife, this monster is uniquely gentle. The serpentine creature has been known to save children's lives and keep a watchful eye over stranded boats. Humans are always quick to label the unknown as monstrous, as something to be conquered or defeated. But a monster is sometimes just a monster in the eye of the beholder. The Flathead Lake Monster serves as a reminder of that. Sometimes sinister shadows don't hide anything menacing after all, but instead an unknown source of salvation. And sea monsters are often nothing more than shadows or rough waves, entangled banners or animals swimming in odd formations. Our eyes play tricks on us, 
It's often speculated that the flathead lake monster is really a giant white sturgeon, a mean-looking fish that can grow over 9 feet long and weigh over 400 pounds. Sturgeons are also known to live over a century, which could account for why people keep seeing this monster. Now, a 100-year-old, 9-foot-long fish is an unbelievable creature, and it can seem terrifying at first glance. Terrifying enough to morph into something larger than life, something sinister, otherworldly, and violent. Or as a more hopeful part of the human imagination might have it, something that appears just in the nick of time, when all other options have failed, and saves us. Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with a new episode on another Murrican monster. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from ParCast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Aaron Larson. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Jesse Harris, with writing assistance by Amin Osman and Nora Battelle, fact-checking by Haley Milliken, and research by Adriana Gomez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hi, it's Vanessa from ParCast. If you enjoy our in-depth profiles on historical figures and famous fates, you'll love my new limited series, Obituaries. Every Wednesday on Spotify, join me and my co-host Carter as we explore the unlikely bonds forged between two meaningful figures from the past and discover how those relationships impacted the future. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Obituaries. Listen weekly, free and only on Spotify.